you could ever need, starting right now. Hello everybody, welcome into the water break. I'm McLean, I've got Will, Cy, and Creed here with me on Mercer Island High School Radio Station's best late night sports show. Um, this is the water break, an award-winning late night sports talk show, uh, best in the nation for high school radio. Um, and we're just going to start off by bringing you guys... Some news. We're going to give you news from five sports in five minutes. Uh, Will, can you tell us what happened in hockey today? Yeah, kicking it off with hockey, uh, the bread man, Artemi Panarin, is actually back. Uh, and so for those of you who don't know, he had this little issue where he was accused of assault from some politician in Russia. And I, this is what I believe happened. And uh, Mr. Panarin's pretty outspoken against Russia and the Putin, like, kind of government system so they conjured some issues he was he took leave from the league for a couple weeks and this is a big deal because he is easily the rangers best player and he's a i'd say top 10 player in the nhl right now uh so really big like really hurt them but he's back now scheduled to play saturday if all goes to plan over in the Central Division, Hurricanes just been on an absolute tear. Seven-game win streak. They're tied for the longest active streak right now in the NHL with the New York Islanders. Actually, two surprising teams, and they both lead their division, which is, again, really surprising considering they're probably in the two best divisions in the league. Uh, the Islanders are over the Caps, Penguins, and Bruins. And over in Central, the Hurricanes are over the Lightning predators and stars predators and stars have actually both fallen down but i think you can you're going to see the stars make a little return because they have far and away the least amount of games played in that in that uh group so anyways we'll go over to Cy for basketball oh man you didn't even talk about jordan bennington's extension he uh, oh he was six years six million dollars a year right yeah 36 yeah. million bucks in total wow. with a full no trade clause so uh, the st louis blues are committed to him for a while that's it's, pretty crazy i'm not sure about that because he i mean he's a good goaltender there's no doubt about that he got them a cup but it wasn't like a crazy they didn't see a whole lot out of him and i don't think if that's that's enough to go on to sign him for that big of a contract that's exact i'm pretty sure that's the exact same contract the canucks gave louis erickson and that's 
pretty much what's uh, restrained them from making deeper playoff runs throughout the last couple of years just because of that contract. So with a big thing like that on a player that hasn't shown too much consistency, there's a lot of risk involved. But I think it's a good risk. I think Bennington's a good player, and I think they're still going to have a pretty good team for the next couple of years. I don't know. Say what you will about Bennington. He might not be the uh, driving force of the Blues, but he's won. When he's been in net, the Blues have won. Uh, this season, he's 9-6-3, and three, and I believe he's won 93 games in his total Blues career. So he's he's a winner. Um, he's having maybe not his greatest season right now, but he's... He's a he's a good uh he's a proven winner and he's not too bad on the stat sheet either. I believe his save percentage is like in the low nine twenties. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I'm yeah, excited. I mean there's no there's no question he's a good goalie. It's just the thing is he hasn't played for that long. He's still pretty young, and the Blues also have another young goaltender that they could look to put in there. So I really don't know. I think it's I think it's the right move, but it's also it's gonna it could either go one of two ways, and I think it'll go the right way. You know, only time will tell. Anyways, well, we'll Bennington get on to contract, Cy. Definitely it'll result in more Jordan Bennington jerseys being sold. That's true. All right, now over to Cy for basketball. Yeah, so in basketball, uh, we just had the all-star break. And, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting, especially with Steph Curry winning the three-point competition. He's known for the three-pointer, but he I don't think he won it last year. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And then... Tony Snell hit a buzzer beater three against the Raptors, putting Atlanta over them 121 to 120, and that was yesterday. And uh, yeah, the Warriors, even though Curry just won the three point competition, uh, they just got blown out by the Clippers. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a score of 104 to 130, so that was pretty crazy. And then um, the Heats, uh, Myers Leonard has been fined 50K and is suspended for a week. And, um, I mean, he's not really a starter, but that is a bit of a blow. Um, and, yeah, I guess on to Creed for soccer news. Yeah, so in soccer, in uh, the EPL, we kind of have an interesting situation. I haven't really talked about this before. But because of COVID and that whole situation, the match days, where there's usually 38 match days, and it follows a strict order of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, etc., uh, that all kind of got messed up. So right now we're on match day 28, um, and those games are going to be happening tomorrow and Sunday and Monday. But what's interesting is we have already done most of match day 29, and then we just had a game match day 33 of 38 uh, was on Wednesday. That was Man City against Southampton. Um, so that's pretty interesting is this whole situation got kind of messed up. A couple of really good games coming up. Uh, Wolves-Liverpool should be a good one. Uh, Arsenal-Tottenham should be one. And uh, Leeds-United-Chelsea is another one that should be pretty good. And an interesting thing that's happened in the standings, Man City had their first loss in uh, 28 games, I think it was, um, to Manchester United uh, in Etihad Stadium. So that was a big win for Manchester United, showing that, you know, if there's any chance at all to stop Manchester City, even though they're 14 points ahead. Um, Manchester United's likely going to be the one to take that, though Leicester City's right behind United. Um, so, And then Man City came off of that loss pretty upset. Their players really struggled throughout that game. And I think they had over 20-something shots, um, but only six were on goal for Manchester City. And then... Um, recently on the one five man city one five two against southampton so that was man city kind of you know got back into their groove during that game 
Um, and then in Chelsea, uh, Pulisic is struggling quite a bit. Um, he has not scored uh, since December 5th. And so that's 17 games straight without a goal from uh, Pulisic, which is pretty surprising. Um, there was a coaching change, um, but... You know, this is something surprising because he was captain. He was one of Chelsea's best players, and he's one of the best strikers, um, probably the best striker ever from America. So that's something interesting. Um, on to McLean for baseball. Yeah, so it'll behoove fans of the Seattle Mariners to know that uh, they finally didn't tie a game in the past week. Um, they managed to both lose and win in the past week, but they did tie last night to the Dodgers. There was... Um, a lot of reason for optimism in last night's game. Uh, Ty France's bat stayed hot. He got on the stat sheet, recorded a couple of at-bats. Uh, you know, the the infielder pieces have been playing nicely for the Mariners. Uh, Evan White looks to be uh, developing better at first base. He had a couple of quality at-bats uh, last night. Um, but one of the one of the other successes for the Mariners has been Jake Fraley, um, the guy with the beard, if you guys know him. He's um, played really nicely. Uh, last uh, game, he hit two uh, absolute rockets in his first two at-bats, one of which left the park. The other was a ground rule double um, and was pretty uh, key in knocking uh, Dodgers starting pitcher Trevor Bauer out of the game after just a couple of innings. Uh, the Mariners did tie last night. Uh, stop me if you've heard that before. Um, which means that they've now tied more games this spring than they've had wins and losses put together. Um, but this team is looking better than a lot of people thought they would. Uh, some of the bats are uh, developing nicely. The offense is heating up. Um, and the pitching did, uh, you know, has been doing enough, keeping the games close. Uh, reasons for optimism for the, uh, for the Mariners. Now over to Will for some football. Yeah, and so recently in the NFL, we had the NFL Pro Day, which if you, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like a combine players coming out of college looking to go into the draft. They're going to do a lot of exercises. They're going to get their vertical. They're going to get their weight, height, all that sort of stuff. They're also going to do uh, broad jumps, 40-yard dashes, which is usually the big one, especially for a lot of the notable prospects coming in this year. And quarterbacks will do a lot of throwing stuff. So there's there's some certainly interesting things. Uh, one one thing that I was looking through some scouting reports, I saw Trey Lance, a lot of good stuff about him. Um, but I don't know if he, I don't think he has a good shot to still go like top, maybe top three. But I still think there's a couple dudes you could slot over him. Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson, Justin Fields are ranked on most people's draft boards ahead. Um, and of course, the big name Trevor Lawrence is kind of the consensus number one. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, there's lots of teams looking for a quarterback. Uh, you guys want to try and try and play with that? Mock some teams to some draft fits. Well, I think Jags Trevor Lawrence is already pretty much Obviously. a lock. I think everyone kind of knows that's going to happen. And then next up, you have the Jets, right? So. The Jets could either go one of they could take, um, they could look to like, I mean, there's a couple players here. They could look to Trey Lance. They could also look to uh, Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is a really good quarterback coming out of OSU. We saw some really good things last year in his college season. Also, Zach Wilson, who's been pretty highly rated from some coming out of BYU. 
Uh, so there's certainly, I think the Jets are looking for a quarterback. I don't think they've found the answer in Sam Darnold, and I don't think they're going to stick with him much longer. So there's some really, really strong quarterbacks in this. And then we look, looking at wide receivers. I mean, there's a pretty clear-cut wide receiver from Alabama who is probably going to go top five. I, I'm not sure where, though. Yeah, I mean, well... Bama's wideouts, um, they they haven't really had a top tier wideout coming out of Bama for a while. Uh, Jerry Judy was the last was last year, but before him, there hasn't really been a force coming out of the Crimson Tide since Julio Jones. Um, now I think, I think Jamar Chase uh, should go somewhere in the top five. I uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Miami snap him up with Houston's number three pick that they got from the the trade uh, when they traded their left tackle a while ago, that trade, if you guys remember that, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I, um, I don't think Miami should be looking quarterback. A lot of people seem to have Miami uh, giving up on Tua already. Um, but I, truth be told, I don't think this is the off season to be giving up on quarterbacks. I think Sam Darnold and Tua Tungavailoa will still be starting for their respective teams. And I think both of those franchises are, um, much better off adding you know a proven talent to help their young quarterbacks succeed i think the jets um their step forward should probably be to trade out of the number two pick uh let somebody move up and uh take a chance on one of the project quarterbacks you know let somebody take a chance on fields or wilson or even kyle trask if if they're feeling feeling really risky at two um yeah and you know, gain some gain some mid round picks. You know, you let somebody move into the two slot. Like if um, if San Fran were to move up uh into the two slot, you know, trade up from fifteen to two, they or no, San Fran picks at fourteen. They could trade up from fourteen to two. They could probably the Jets could probably nab San Fran's first rounder next year. Um, San Fran gets a replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, uh, all's fine. You get, if you're the Jets, you get a first round pick out of that, and you could still probably find a nice supporting piece at number 14 to help Sam Darnold succeed. Jets are still a couple of years away, so they should be stockpiling picks. They, um, they won't find, at two, they won't find anybody who will turn them into a winner right now. Yeah, that's true, especially for quarterbacks. I think Sam Darnold is still serviceable, and I think they're still going to start him. But if they're looking into this draft here, I think it would be much better to get a prospect and kind of develop him while Sam Darnold continues to start. And then I can't see, after maybe a year or so of that, I can't see Sam Darnold continuing to start. And honestly, his career would kind of be up in the air, probably would just get slotted into a backup or he would rotate with whoever this new quarterback would be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sam Darnold makes a lot of sense um, if, uh, if the Jets wanted to trade him out. Um, they could potentially uh, send him to Pittsburgh and do a rebuild. You know, like if um, Pittsburgh, they're, uh, they've got a playoff caliber defense. They're ready to win for years to come, but they don't have a successor to, um, to Ben Roethlisberger. And they, they like Pittsburgh to run their offense. They'd probably like someone who plays similar to Roethlisberger, which is definitely a box that Darnold checks. And because the Steelers' offensive line is not at all the force it once was, they need somebody who's got experience evading pressure and still making throws. And Sam Darnold, that's another box that Darnold really checks. His mobility is better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, I feel like even back at USC, he hasn't really played behind a dominant offensive line at any point in his career. So he's been, you know, 
dodging edge rushers since high school. Uh, I don't know. The the Jets, there's a lot of ways that they could go with this offseason, but I don't think that taking a quarterback at two is the move for them. And speaking of the Steelers, what do you think the odds? I saw something about Juju not coming back to them. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's not going to happen? Could happen. I mean, they're in a bit of a cap crunch, and they neglected to use the tag on Juju. Um, Bud Dupree is a free agent set to leave, so if Pittsburgh ties up all their cap space in bringing back Dupree, um, it's quite possible Juju is you know, not wearing the black and yellow in September. Where do you think yeah, some likely think candidates for go? him to go? Um, let me tell you, you know what team makes a lot of sense is the New York Giants. Um, they're a team that's got a young quarterback, um, and a pretty solid offensive line, uh, plus a stud at running back in Saquon Barkley, but not too much, um, proven talent in their receiver room. Uh, Juju would add a nice presence in the slot, um, that would allow Darius Slayton to become much more of a matchup problem outside. You know, if, if you're playing the Giants and they've got Juju and Slayton, you can't put your number one corner on both of them. Both of those guys feast when they're matched up against CB2s. I mean, if we look at Slayton's numbers from his rookie season, um... Back when Sterling Shepard was attracting all that attention, matched up against CB2s, they were great. Uh, If we look at Juju's numbers from his rookie season, matched up against uh, CB2s while Antonio Brown demanded all the attention of the number one corner, they were great. Both of those guys, I believe, hit 1,000 yards. And Juju especially, he tore up the league. You know, his jersey outsold Antonio Brown's that year. Yeah, so I think that yeah, I think that allowing Juju to be a number two receiver or even a one B to Darius Slayton would really help the Giants uh, maybe get over the hump and maybe win the NFC East next year. Yeah, I think a one B could be possible for him just because you see it in Atlanta. They have a pretty decent quarterback, someone who can at least throw the ball and hit it. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is kind of similar to Matt Ryan, at least in some aspects. I don't think Daniel Jones is that bad. I think he's kind of overhated, to be honest. Um, but with Sterling Shepard healthy and Darius Slayton, I think that could make a pretty dangerous trio of three pretty good, but not crazy good wide receivers. Yeah, actually, here's some news on Juju that's pretty recent. So uh, there was a social media poll on SI.com, and basically the options were for will Juju stay in Pittsburgh? It was I hope so, and that's a negative. And uh, people found out that Smith Schuster voted that's a negative, so it's very likely that he's going to be moved. And I think, I think the Dolphins might want to go get him. Get some Miami. Hmm. For Tua. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Miami, they did just clear up some cap space uh, after letting Kyle Van Noy go. Um, I don't know. I feel like Miami's sights should be set a bit higher than Juju. They've got a lot of cap space to work with. Plus, they do have the number three pick in the draft. So they could fill their need at receiver. Uh, they could draft the position, take one of Alabama's talents. I think that they'd be best off going with Jamar Chase. I've said that before in the show already, but they'd be best off going with Jamar Chase. Um, or they could go look for Allen Robinson in free agency. Allen Robinson is a do-it-all guy. Uh, he can line up in the slot outside, runs the full route tree. Um, having a player of his caliber in tandem with Tuatunga Vailoa would be amazing for his development. Getting Allen Robinson in the in Miami, I think they become the NFC East favorite with Buffalo in the division. That's cannot stress enough how much the right move that is. Now, with that, I think we're going to have to go to break. Uh, we do have some athletes on this show, by the way. So if you guys want to congratulate Creed and Cy on their first football game tonight, 
Uh, I'm sure they'd be happy to hear your calls into the station. You can text us in 206-275-9104. Text congratulations to Cy and Creed. Um, But with that, we're going to go to break. Uh, Creed and Cy have got to go, but it'll be me and Will for the second segment. Thank you guys for listening to The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. We'll be back. Welcome back into The Water Break, the best late-night sports show on 88.9 The Bridge. I'm McLean. I got just Will with me. Unfortunately, Cy and Creed had to leave. Um... They had to go play football, but <clears throat> me and Will are here now, and Will is going to talk about the WHL. Yeah, so the WHL, for those of you who don't know, is the like West Coast Hockey League for junior players. It's a pretty high-level league. It's actually considered professional, so if you play in this league, you're not allowed to go play college afterwards. And the Seattle Thunderbirds, which are the local WHL team, are going to be starting up March 19th. That's when the season starts. So just a couple days now. Really excited. Looks like their first matchup here is going to be against Spokane Braves, or the Spokane Chiefs, sorry. The Braves are the junior B team. And that's going to be a really good one. I know it's always a good rivalry. Unfortunately, they're not playing Canadian teams with the whole border closing, which really limits the teams to only about five American teams, the Tri-City Americans, Seattle Thunderbirds, obviously, Spokane, Portland Winterhawks, and then the Everett Silvertips, who are pretty local. Uh, aside from that, they're not going to play any teams, and which I'm really disappointed about because the Regina Pats are actually hopefully going to be rolling out prospect Connor Bedard here, who's supposed to be you know the next Crosby. He's such a good player. If you watch some highlights on YouTube, he's just electric. The way he moves the puck, he's fast. He's really quick. He's got a great shot. Pretty much everything you look for in like a star player, a prospect. And I think he's got really good potentials. The first player to get exceptional status into the WHL since Matthew Barzal. And for those of you who don't know who Matthew Barzal is, he's a top-tier center for the New York Islanders in the NHL. Anyways, we're going to go on and talk about some baseball now. Yeah, so the Seattle Mariners organization announced that for their April 1st home opener, they're going to let 9,000 people into T-Mobile Park to watch the game. Uh, Seattle is going to host the uh, San Francisco Giants and, you know, Barring something crazy, Marco Gonzalez is going to take the hill on opening day. Um, I have no idea who the Giants are going to roll out. They've really cleaned house uh, in the pitching department. Um, But yeah, the Giants um, have some pretty good old players that should turn the gate. Uh, This should be, if they let Buster Posey start, this will most likely be his final opening day. So it's good that there's going to be fans for that. Um, but yeah, the, uh, attendance will be very limited. Uh, not too many people, just, just 9,000. So yeah, that'll be a nice home opener. They're opening the season, by the way, on a Thursday, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty funny. I think 9,000 is a good number though. I think it's good to start getting people back, try to recapture a bit of the atmosphere. And I think with only 9,000 people, especially in an arena as big as a baseball stadium, they can spread it out and really uh, mitigate the risk. And I think it shouldn't be too much of a problem. So I'm glad they're starting to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, T-Mobile Park holds, I believe, 45,000. So they'll be at, uh, let me do some math. This was never my strong suit. One-fifth. Yeah, 20% capacity. I'm, you know, it's weird. I'm the stats guy. Um, whenever we, uh, <laughs> whenever we broadcast football, I'm the stats guy, which means that people think I'm good at math. Um, but the truth is I'm not. So. It's okay. Wait, yeah. what math are you in? I'm, I'm taking pre-calculus this year, uh, with Miss Hayes. Shout out Miss Hayes. I think she's pretty cool. She's a good teacher. Well, what about yourself? I'm in pre-calc too. See, you're advanced. You're yeah. fine. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I just completely couldn't do 45 divided by 9 on the radio, too. So, <laughs> yikes. 
Yeah, it's okay. Hey, look at us. We're already getting off track. This is what happens when we're the only ones on here. We yeah. just start talking about stuff. It's uh, cool. It's cool. It's it's entertaining. It's entertaining radio. Um, yeah, so, so what do yeah. you have for lunch today? What I have for lunch today? Oh, <laughs> uh, let me think. I had a I had a bagel for lunch today. It was pretty good. What about nice. you? What'd you have? I had a little pizza, about half a, uh, half a pie. It was pretty nice. good. Nice. Got some bacon on there, yeah. Anyways, that has absolutely nothing to do with sports. Nothing but, to do uh, with sports, yeah. Um, might as well so talk we're about actually going to talk about uh, the two other members of this show, Sai and Creed. They're actually off um, playing the first game of football right now for Mercer Island. Um, they are hopping on the bus. The game hasn't started yet, but they're hopping on the bus. Um, they're, I, I believe, heading over to Newport right now. Um, so, and Will, your hockey season started recently, right? Yeah, it's actually been going. We're only just, I think, four or five weeks away from states. So I'm excited. Hopefully my team can sweep through and get to nationals, which would be really cool. I've never been to nationals before. I think we have a decent shot this year. Um, yeah. But... Um, I Can you remind us, because this is their first game since before the pandemic, can you tell us what it feels like uh, starting action again after so long? You know, it's really weird. I, I remember the first game was about a month ago, kind of when they re- relieved that really big ban for, uh, like, gatherings. And it just seems kind of surreal almost to be playing and just see other people. And we're all wearing masks on, even on the ice, which is, it's hard to deal with. But, you know, you get used to it. It's whatever. It just feels, it just, it, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. Like, whenever I watch movies or YouTube videos or something of people from the past just going out in public and seeing everyone without masks on, it just seems, it seems weird. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like no. It's something the same inside way. me. I, I don't get it, and I miss it so much, but we're slowly getting there. People just got to push through, wear your masks, get vaccinated, and hopefully we'll be done in just a couple of months here. Yeah, uh, Inslee did say, Governor... Jay Inslee did say that um, March 22nd was going to be the start of phase three. So a week from Monday, if you're listening to this live, if you're on Spotify, I have no idea when that is uh, relate- relative to now because you can listen anytime. Um, but yeah, um, March 22nd, phase three. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, today marks, again, if you're listening live, today marks one year uh, since we started locking down. And that's... That's just surreal to think about. It's been a while. The time passed quickly. I mean, we've already seen, I remember when they were going into like the first quarantine season of like the NFL playoffs, we had the NHL playoffs as well. It was kind of, you know, we're getting used to it. And then it was kind of nice to get like that quick little two week vacation from school. And then we realized it was going to go on for a bit longer. That, yeah, it wasn't so nice. I'm seeing so many people posting like uh, one year ago, like Instagram story highlights yeah. saying like, what am I supposed to do without leaving my house for the next two weeks <laughs> a year yeah, exactly. later? It's so weird seeing dramatic, like it's such a dramatic irony, you know, it's weird. We, in lockdown, we've seen um, an entire uh, MLB season, an entire NFL season that ran pretty much without any complications. Um, you know, we saw... We've seen most of an NHL season. We saw uh, the NBA bubble. You remember the NBA bubble? Yeah. Remember those Phoenix Suns? Dude, the bubble Phoenix Suns. I'm a, If I ever have kids, I'm going to tell them about the bubble Suns. <laughs> yeah, speaking about, I mean, I know you don't know that much about basketball, and I don't know that much about basketball, but who do you, like, do you think, look, because I've seen a lot of stuff about the Nets just getting an absolutely stacked team, and I, I mean, I know enough to realize that, yeah, they have, like, KD and uh, 
what's his name? Harden, Irving. Yeah. They have I think that's who they have. Yeah, they have a good team. But do you think that'll be enough to beat LeBron? I don't know. I mean, let me tell you, if LeBron knocks off the Nets in the finals this year, and I do fully believe that Bronze Lakers versus these Nets will be your final, you can put me on record yeah. as saying that. That's a pretty safe prediction. I think it'll do a lot to help LeBron's GOAT status. I mean, if he knocks off a third super team, just imagine how insane that would be. Who do you consider to be the GOAT for basketball, just basketball? Uh, Michael Jordan. It's not even a question at that point. I mean, he was undefeated in the finals. He was the game's first real superstar. You know, I what he did for the game of basketball, He uh, even off the court, uh, as a celebrity, he transformed the game from, like, you know, what you watch in between baseball and football season to, like, a whole new... It was branded a whole new different way, you know, it allowed the game to truly showcase its stars um, rather than showcasing the game itself. Um, Michael Jordan, even though he might not have been the greatest athlete of all time, he's basketball's most important figure. That's kind of my take on it, too. I think LeBron is certainly he's just so big and dominant i think lebron could be considered the greatest basketball player but i still would say jordan is the goat just because of his legacy and pretty much for that reason i mean you can see the shoe brand everywhere with that little logo of him dunking and it's so iconic nowadays and yeah i don't know i still I love lebron's such a good person too if you look at it that way just looking at his story how he kind of grew up how he's made it and now he's helped paid for a bunch of people's college lebron does some good stuff yeah, I'm sorry. You pronounce it legacy? 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 I, I sometimes just say stuff weird like that. That's, you know, we'll, we'll pin it on the fact that you're Canadian. We'll make you know, it I, a, say, I say a boot. Well, yeah, we'll make it a cute <laughs> regional quirk, and that way you don't get run off the air for pronouncing <laughs> things wrong. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't know. I tried to pronounce things as vanilla as possible on the air. Not very good at it. Occasionally I'll pull something out. Um, I remember. I remember... Uh, the other day I said that, um, I said on the radio that like a certain quote, like read like Dick and Jane, as in it was really basic. Um, and it turns out that that is in fact a regional saying. They don't say that out here. It's just, it's weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of pick up some of my stuff from my dad because he speaks kind of like that. I also speak, pick up, pick, or what am I saying? I pick up stuff from just the area around us, Seattle. I think it's a pretty basic accent you know it's whenever i hear other people speak i always feel like they're speaking in some weird like especially australians for whatever reason australians just have the the funniest accent i love australian accent but it's so different and weird from ours it seems so like abnormal but i bet when they hear ours they think it's somehow weird well let me tell you so um so my mom's has a friend that's australian and she says that every time she tries to like uh She's got one of those, like, uh, speaker thingies, um, and every time she tries to talk to it, it never realizes what she's saying. Like, uh, I forget what kind of speaker she has, but it's, like, it's not an Alexa. It's, like, a one of the adjacent kinds. So she'll go, like, okay, speaker, and then the speaker will be, like, dead silence, you know? She has to get her son to do it. It's it, it's weird. That is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah so that's... I mean... Even though I don't have one of those speakers myself, I'm glad to have this vanilla Pacific Northwest accent um, because I can turn on those speakers on the first try every time. That is true. Yeah, I've had some pretty good success with all those. Um, so, you know, kind of just like a different note. What do you like? Where would you want to live? Since we're talking about off topic stuff, you just move anywhere in America, probably. Where would you go? Anywhere in the U.S., huh? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I have to think about that. What would you say? I, I mean, I know California is like crazy expensive. I'd probably never afford it, but I would love to go to California. It's really cool down there. Also somewhere on the East Coast, maybe like up near New York. I mean, I've always kind of joked about Philadelphia, but I really don't like Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. So which part of California do you think? Probably. I mean, I like the like San Fran area, the, the Bay, Bay area. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I know it's just crazy expensive and that's probably never going to happen, but like, especially for a young kid like me, but it's, I don't know, just some of the things I've seen, the Golden Gate Bridge. I remember I was there once because my dad did some business thing and he stays there a lot. It's pretty cool. Nice. I don't know. Um, I guess if I could live anywhere I wanted, uh, I kind of want to live in Chicago. I like the cold. Um, I'm really, I'm built for cold temperatures myself. So I, I think Chicago, New England, I'd uh, want to live somewhere there. Maybe Boston. I have Dunkin' Donuts all the time in Boston. If I go, if I live in Boston. Boston would be pretty cool. I think yeah. with Boston, you're in for a, a rough next 10 years for, at least in the sports world. <laughs> oh, like, definitely. I would not want to have to root for the Red Sox. The, the Bruins are starting to fall off. The Patriots are, I mean, they're pretty I mean, they much already Cam there. Newton. They re-signed Cam Newton. They're paying him, they're, they're yeah. paying him this season. You I know, can't they're, see they're that going too well, to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, Belichick's years are numbered there. It's I I can't see a very bright future for the Patriots, but hey, they've won their games. They're I mean it, the fans can't complain. It's gonna have to be the Celtics. They're gonna have to yeah. s- save that city sports. Remember That's back about when, all they have. Remember back when Boston won like multiple titles every year. I say remember like this wasn't like two years ago, but remember when Boston was the most dominant sports city in the country? Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. I mean the Patriots were. I mean they're so much better than they are now. It's basically kind of like Florida with Tom Brady. Drunk. Yeah, I can't believe the most dominant sports city in the country is Tampa. And the Bruins, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, right? It's so weird to think about. Like, it's Tampa. They were so close to a three-peat this year for like three major sports. Yeah, That's I know, crazy. but the, the Rays had to pull Blake Snell in the fifth. Like, Do you really think that's what did it? I really think that's what did it. They, If they had left Snell in there, Snell was dominant. He would have totally won that series for them. I don't wow. know. I mean, maybe Game 7 goes a different way, but they managed to lose Blake Snell and Charlie Morton in the same offseason. I don't think the Rays will be back anytime soon. Well, if you look <sighs> at it from a certain standpoint, the two teams that did win both had a Tyler Johnson on their team, and the one that choked in the finals, there was no Tyler Johnson. That is true. So is true. I, mean, I don't want to say that's what it is, but you never know. That is true. All right. Anyway, I think we're going <laughs> to wrap it up on the water break or more more proposedly the tyler johnson fan club uh thank you for listening and hey uh we like it when you guys get in on the discussion so uh text the station uh with where you'd like to live in the country text us your your ultimate dream living destination our number is 206-275-9104 and you can even text in uh if you're listening on spotify you can um text in and somebody will read it just say that you're texting on behalf of the water break um and you know we we get credit so please do that uh we're gonna go thank you guys for listening to the water break the best uh late night uh sports talk show in the country at the high school level they gotta shorten the title of our award i can't be plugging us like this every time um and we're we're out thank you guys for listening and have a great day